Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Zella has nominated Dr. Myra Tabbitt for a Game Changer Award. And we're so excited to have Dr. Myra join us this today, this morning, from from Lebanon, which is fantastic. And so part of our goal in connecting game changers from around the world is to learn more about amazing humans doing great things for animals in different countries. And Dr. Myra is a fantastic example of someone who's wildly passionate about helping uh, animals in a different part of the world. So we're excited to have her join us and learn more about the fantastic work that she's doing. Dr. Myra, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here and to be featured for that. I want to thank Zyla for uh, nominating me to start with, and I feel so excited for this. Yeah, so, and we are too. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. So back up and walk us through, Myra, how you decided as a young girl uh, to go to veterinary school and then uh, you you ended up having to travel quite a distance to, to go to veterinary school. So walk us through how that process happened. So it all started ever since I was eight years old. So I've always had dogs as part of my family. And we were always in the mountains and I used to have them with me in the house. So I remember uh, my first pet, his name was Max. And unfortunately in Lebanon, not everyone is a big fan of dogs. So when he was two or three years of age, he ran out and he got up the valley and he ate some rat poison, and which was mixed with something much stronger. So he came back, he was vomiting. uh, He literally died within five minutes. We later discovered that it was actually a poison mixed with some uh, crushed uh, glasses. So it literally uh, like um, damaged all of his stomach and everything. And I still remember how I was yelling and how I was crying. So this was the first shock for me as to why I would have wanted to know what to do in such a situation. Because I remember I was screaming, I was crying, I didn't know what to do. We were calling the vet, we were coming to pick him up and everything happened so fast. And then uh, I had a, so later after we also got a new dog and I've always had more than one dog. So it was only three or four dogs because we had a big garden. So they used to be in and out of the house. And I remember that uh, another one of my dogs uh, passed away because of that did a medical mistake where he vaccinated my already sick dog. So the second day he ended up dead. And then I had a wrong diagnosis from another vet for another dog of mine, uh, where he simply did not know that he had cancer. And a couple of months down the road, we discovered that he had cancer and he was only trying to uh, cure him so that he takes more money out of me. So this was the turning point. I was 15 at that age, approximately. And I decided enough was enough. I don't want people to be exploiting pets anymore. 
I want to do my best to try and save them. These animals are literally part of my family. Yeah. And this is where I decided that I'm going to become a vet. And it actually was not easy because in Lebanon back then, we did not have uh, a school or a university for veterinarian. So what I did do is that I, I studied three years of veterinary science in AUB in Lebanon. And then I had to travel to Budapest, to a country where I did not have anyone, where I did not speak the language, which was super cold for me. And um, it was quite a challenge, but uh, I made it. And I graduated with a GM with a distinction there. It was uh, really a very nice experience. Then I came back to Lebanon. I started practicing in one of the biggest hospitals in Lebanon. And while practicing, I wanted to get into even more depth. So I did a PhD for goats, for energy expenditure in goats. Fast forward a couple of years. While I was finishing my PhD, I finally opened my own clinic. And I've been doing that for... So I've been, I've been at my clinic for three years. I've been a vet for six years and I just love it so far. So that's in a nutshell what I've been doing ever since I was 15 years old. Gosh, that's what a beautiful story and so inspiring on so many different levels, Myra, really. But talk to me a little bit about, uh, Rodney has said to me that uh, when he went, he was, when he was in Canada and went to Lebanon, he brought his cat and he said that it was that in his apartment complex, everyone was like, there's a cat upstairs. He said that the culture, now this is early 90s. He said the culture, as you mentioned, was not at that time conducive to dogs or cats, that many people you know, think that they're dirty or maybe carry diseases or that animals should be outside, but not in the home. You obviously had really... Uh, beautiful parents that understood how much you loved animals as a young girl. So step number one, uh, thank you, mom and dad, for honoring your heart's desire. You know, you loved animals and they didn't say they were dirty. They have to stay outside. They, they honored their daughter. That's amazing. But then do you feel like now, Myra, that times are starting to change? Do you feel like more and more people are, that this cultural shift is happening where people are inviting more dogs and cats into their home? Or in, and if it is happening, is it quick or slow that the change is taking place? Sorry, my cats. I love to... that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying my best. I have three cats now here. I was trying my best, Ginger, not to go in. So this took the opportunity so yeah so even with my parents in the beginning i used to sneak out the dogs because yeah. for them let them in the garden but then they just got used to the fact that okay when mira's home they're gonna be in there's nothing we can do and i fell in love with them my mom used to be scared of dogs and now she simply she simply loves them yeah. so we were actually talking about this with a colleague of mine two days ago and we were talking how people are changing so much towards animal lately and especially in Lebanon we still have cases every now and then when someone is simply get pissed if he has like cats under the building or something and he might try to poison but thankfully it's been a couple of years now where we have a law which is protecting animals this is huge for a third world country like Lebanon so we actually have a law which is protecting animal from animal abuse Good. And we're having more awareness. And this is one of the main concerns that I share on my platform, where I try to educate people as much as I can about the importance, the benefit, and all of the goodness that these pets bring to our families. Yes. And I think that 
it is changing. I see it even now, and I'm, I've barely been practicing for six, seven years, and I already see a huge change from how people used to treat their pets a couple of years back and now. And when I was talking to this colleague who's much older than me, who's around, I guess he's in his 60s now, and he has a huge career in front of him. Uh, he told me that it used to be much worse. He told me if you see, because we were talking how some people are still poisoning pets. And he was like, now you see poisoning every couple of months. We used to see poisoning on a daily basis. We used to see dogs and cats being shot on a daily basis. It used to be much more traumatic. There used to be cases of abused dogs that you couldn't even look and couldn't even know that this is a dog. So I think we've done a lot, but there's still a lot to be done too. So hopefully with awareness, people will become even more aware and will be able to reach more people. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And that's fantastic that you're actually a part of that. I mean, part of your awareness on your platform is just getting the conversation started because out of people becoming educated, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of times just meeting an animal and having that one-on-one experience like your mother did. And now she's a dog lover. Rodney's 90, 95-year-old grandma was appalled by animals. And she is now, you know, she's a cat lover. And so I think just sometimes... Mm-hmm. Helping people have a one-on-one interaction with an animal is all it takes to convert them from a frightened, standoffish, judgmental human to a warm, receiving, um, open-minded human. So that is wonderful that you're actually in the middle of that evolution. That's beautiful. Second question is about being a woman in veterinary medicine in Lebanon, but then also in Budapest. Were you? Was your class in Budapest one-third women? a quarter women, half women? Yeah, I think we were pretty much half. Okay. The thing is in Budapest, we were divided into international students who are like from all over the world and then Hungarians. And I, if I remember correctly, there was also only one section for Germans because Germans were a very big uh, part of the students. So I think they had some courses which were taught only in German. So if I remember correctly, I think 50 to 60% of us were women in Budapest and um, we were the majority compared to uh, guys. Okay. Okay. And that, that is, that, that's also good. Sometimes I know in some countries, the, the, there's still not a lot of women in veterinary Mm -hmm. medicine. So that's fantastic that you Mm -hmm. were equally represented there. And then when you came home to Lebanon, um, you're, the environment with your colleagues, Myra, like, did you, do you have a good working relationship with the other veterinarians in your community? Do you feel like a sense of a professional family or do you feel like it's more to each his own and you do your thing and I'm doing my thing. And do you feel, is there a sense of competition or camaraderie in Lebanon between veterinarians? So I guess it's a bit of both. You need to find your own tribe, as they say, and you need to learn whom to trust and whom not to trust. Mm-hmm. So uh, to start with, uh, there aren't a lot of women vet in Lebanon, unfortunately. So we're not that many. We are increasing, which is amazing. But uh, I do know that in the beginning, it was harder for the older generation to accept. Because, you know, when you're young and you're excited, you want to bring new stuff, new strategies, uh, new solution, and not everyone accepts this. And some people yeah. take it as an insult to their ego instead of 
realizing that we're actually working towards the same goal and our end goal is to make our pets feel better. So I did have a few clashes with some vets because I wanted to try a new, innovative, better solution and they simply were too afraid. And I think somewhere also they felt ashamed that like this young woman is trying to teach us something new. Yep. But now I have these vets, these amazing vets who are all women also, by the way, Good. and who are supportive and we're always learning from each other. We're always sharing cases with each other. We're always taking each other's advice. We're always learning with each other. So we take some courses because, you know, we need to be continuously learning. So we take courses together, online courses together. And I we love have that. I so love that. It's hard, but we are making it work. And while you were talking about women, you actually reminded me, I remember when I first started and you know, when you're starting and it's new, you're scared. And it was during my first year, I think, and I was working my ass off. Mm -hmm. And I remember a guy who did not want to go in with me. So when he, he was into the consultation room, I come in and he's like, you're the doctor. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, I don't want a woman to treat my pet. And I'm like, excuse me? And he said, please go get me a man. And I felt so offended. Mm-hmm. And I remember back then I was hurt. And looking back now, it's his loss. And I learned that yeah. you're going to have this kind of sexist remark all over. And there's nothing you can do. I'm actually glad that I did not treat his pet. And that was that. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you have a, a group of colleagues that are supportive and that are you're working through these issues together, that's yet another piece of evolution in many parts of the country, even here still in the U.S. <laughs> there absolutely are, are uh, there's there are some people that want to just see male veterinarians. So we as females in the industry, in our profession, we're all still working through that issue. So that's fantastic that you have a core group of other doctors that you can that you can lean on for support. It's beautiful. Exactly. Myra, what do you love? What do you love most about your job? I know that you are. I also love that we have a cameo. This is wonderful. You, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so he's been what wanting you, to come and say hi ever since the beginning. So maybe which is great. Come. Yeah, we'll Probably just let him say hi and then let him join the conversation. <laughs> All of my cats are rescued. From the street. So this he's, is he's adorable. Hi, honey, and thank you for coming to say hi. Elvis. Hi, honey. The third one just hides whenever he hears okay. someone's voice. So so we have two extroverts and a shy introvert, and that's a okay. Well, I'm glad that they I'm glad that they stopped by to introduce themselves. I love that. Um, I also love that you're six years into your career and you still have a sense of excitement and you're still passionate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think at least with veterinarians in the U.S., it's not uncommon for veterinarians by their fifth year to start feeling the weight, the heaviness of our profession. We have we have hard jobs Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful that you still have uh, fire and excitement, that you are excited about waking up every day and doing what you do. Is there something that you especially enjoy about being a veterinarian? I think what keeps you driving, because 
you're a vet, you know how draining it can be sometimes and how stressful it is because we're dealing with live animals. And if something or a complication were to happen during the surgery, it weighs on you and you feel so bad and you feel guilty and you always keep on questioning if you could have done something better. So what always keeps me going is, so in my clinic, I have a wall where I put the picture of all most of my clients who survived. And whenever I have something where I'm dodging myself, I just look at this wall. So every patient who comes in, I take a picture of them with their pets. And looking back at these amazing souls that I was able to save and that I was able to reunite with their families. And even if some of them, I reunited them for a couple of months more because we knew that we had terminal cancer or I made his life a bit nicer, a bit easier, less stress, less pain. I feel so proud that I was capable of adding this positivity and uh, these nice moments that they get to live together. So whenever I feel down, I remember these cases and I feel so proud and I'm like, you're doing something right. It's okay. Everything will be okay. You will keep on saving lives. And this is what keeps me going. So saving lives and literally seeing and reuniting these families together and looking at the eyes of their parents and how happy they are makes the whole difference for me. Yeah. You're really brilliant to take pictures and to focus on all the lives that you have saved. It's a really good strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, you'll have to send us a picture of your wall because that just gives me goosebumps. Oftentimes I think as doctors, we are perfectionists and we do tend to focus on the lives that we couldn't save. And even terminal cancer, there's this weight of what could I have done different? And and we we focus on the animals that have passed or that we couldn't save versus the vast majority that we do improve the quality of their life. And what a great strategy. It's really smart that you're choosing to focus on all of the amazing good that you're doing. What it's really, really, really a great strategy. You know, you are probably going to, you're young and you're going to have this amazing long career and you get to watch veterinary medicine shift in your country and you get to watch the relationship and enhance that relationship between animals and their caretakers in your country. What a, what an exciting place to be where you're at doing what you're doing. If you could let the world know one thing, Myra, about uh, what you're thinking and how you're feeling, what would it be? I would say that pets are family, treat them as such. So the moment you put that in your head, everything pulls, pulls together. Because whenever you have a member of your family who's feeling sick, you're not going to let him vomit for three days and not bring him to the vet. If you're a member, if a member of the family gets lost, you're going to do everything possible to find him. So I think it's super important for people to realize that these souls, once you adopt them, you are blessed for having them because they give us unconditional love, but you also have an obligation to treat them as part of the family and to treat them right. So it's very important to know what you're getting yourself into and to understand all of these responsibilities that you're going to be handling because these are your babies and these are your babies who can't even talk and express and tell you what's wrong. So you need to be aware of any change which is going to be happening. And then 
let all of the abundance of love and happiness and joy that they're going to bring you come to you. That's beautiful. So beautiful. And you're spot on. The amazing gifts that they give us means uh, a tremendous responsibility. And that responsibility falls on us as to be excellent, conscientious, sensitive guardians. Great advice. Mara, if people wanted to follow you or learn more about you or um, become more active in learning more about you, where would they go? How can they find you? I have an Instagram account where I'm very active and I keep on posting. I try my best to post on daily basis stories where I educate people how to take better care of their pets. And it's Dr. Paul Lamb. And I also have a website where they simply type in www.drpaullamb.com and they can find all of the info that they need there as well. Beautiful. Well, we're so thankful for Zella for nominating you. What a blessing you are to your country and the animals that live there. And you're doing a fantastic job through education of allowing pet parents in your area and worldwide to take better care of their animals through solid education. And we're so appreciative of everything that you're doing. Thank you. Likewise.